This summer, we're bringing you double koi gig. Let's get to the Russo goal straight away. Like, a back heel nutmeg. Like, it was... <laughs> for me, it was one of the moments of the tournament. Subscribe to the OTB Koi Gig pod on the OTB Sports app now. You ain't shit! I wish I was 50 years younger you and I'd care. kick your ass. <laughs> My fans can be the harshest critics, you know. And they often are. A wife is often the harshest critic <laughs> of her husband. <laughs> I thought I was invincible. That's what you're, you're trained to believe as a sports person. There was four million people in Ireland who knew much more about managing <laughs> football teams than I did. When it comes to music, I can spoof it the best. Your sporting career is the best time you'll have, and, you know, you have to hang on to it for as long as your life, because everything else is pretty crappy. And this is not lies. Stephen Rochford has never spoken to Jim McGuinness in his life. And you're welcome back to Off the Ball Saturday here on News Talk. John Duggan with you three to five this evening. This is the Saturday panel. Looking ahead to the ladies' All Ireland football finals at Croke Park tomorrow with the TG Cahar Junior final between Antrim and Fermanagh at 11:45. Leash and Wexford contesting the intermediate decider at 1:45. Then the senior final seeing Meath and Kerry going head to head at four. Joining me on the line to talk all things ladies' football, the four-time All Ireland winner with Mayo and current AFLW player with the Greater Western Sydney Giants, Cora Staunton, four-time All Ireland winner with Dublin, Lindsay Davy and current Donegal. Skipper Neve McLaughlin. Cora, Lindsay, and Neve, how are you all doing today? All good. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me on. Great to see you and great to hear from you. Um, we'll just get straight into the preview of me, Kerry, and the other matches tomorrow, and then we'll expand upon other issues, folks. Um, Cora, so Kerry have been a Division 2 side. They haven't won an All-Ireland since 1993. We saw Meads progress through intermediate level, won the All-Ireland Chalk Dublin last year. Um, are Kerry improving the way Meads did? How have they got to the last game of the year? Yeah, I, th- I think Kerry are very much the story of the year again, a, a bit like the way Meads came through last year. Um, Division 2 winners, uh, better Armagh, a very good Armagh team in the in Division 2 final. Yeah, and have progressed nicely through, obviously, um, the Munster campaign, losing to Cork, their only defeat in the, in the championship, and progressed nicely through the round-robin stages and obviously quarter-final and semi-final. And, you know, they've bet some very good teams along the way, uh, Galway in the round-robin, and then obviously um, Mayo and, and um, Armagh in, in the quarter and semi-final. So, yeah, it's it's very much um, living up to the way Meath were last year, um, coming off the intermediate and, and Division 2. So... Yeah, I, I think it's going to be a cracking final. You know, uh, I know a lot of people are, are, are putting me the strong favourites, rightly so, on, on the back of being All-Ireland champions last year. But, you know, from what I've seen of Kerry this year, and in particular against, you know, Mayo, Armagh and, and against Galway, they've been phenomenal. Um, um, so, yeah, they've they huge firepower up front. So I, I think it's going to be a clash of two very different styles of play, a very attack-minded Kerry team and a, and a very defensive me team. So, yeah, I think it's going to be a cracker of a final just like last year. And Cora, maybe the Kerry uh, women's team will be given a confidence boost by what happened last weekend. Surely everybody's going to be buzzing in a good good frame of mind. Yeah, I, I think so. I think it's, you know, obviously the county after winning the um, All-Ireland for the first time in, what was it, eight years? Yeah. Um, you know, so you'd, you'd hope the Kerry crowd would get out to, to support the women a week on. Um, you know, prob- probably a little bit like ourselves in, in Dublin when we played Dublin in 2017. It was it was Mayo and Dublin in the men's final, and a huge crowd came out that that day. So yeah, as I said, you know, Kerry haven't been in All Ireland since 2012. That's 10 years ago, and they haven't won one since 1993. So yeah, I, I, it's huge for this team, and 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 especially a number of players that has been around, you know, a long, long time, like Sir Louise Nimmer Hartick, you know, Anna Galvin. Uh, Lorraine Scanlon, Coach Lynch. There's girls there that you know have been there a long, long time and, and have been there in 2012 and ha- had the hurt um, of the defeat against Cork that year. And you know they've had to wait 10 years to get back to an Ar- uh, to an All Ireland final. So I'm sure they're chomping at the bit and um, in um, re- readiness for tomorrow's game. Yeah, Lindsay, like Kerry have been scoring a lot of goals, 16 in the championship. Louise Niewerhertig, as Cora mentioned there, she's hit 322. Is that goal threat then vital for Kerry to win tomorrow? Yeah, absolutely. Like I think Kerry have such attack and firepower, but I think my one concern about them is I don't think they would have come up against a, dis- a defensive system just like Meads. Um, as much as you train against, train first, um, you know, until you're in the heat of the battle and you're up against, it's a very difficult system to break down. Like they're so effective at it, and I think the key thing for Kerry is obviously we know they didn't get goal threats, but I think sick to how they kind of played against Mayo and Amara, playing the ball wide, not carrying it into contact. 
um, and just being patient with their scores. Um, like we know, Louise Mahertik is on fire um, for them this year, and I think she's going to be one that's going to be vital for her taking her scores from distance. So, yeah, I think it's going to be very interesting to see how they deal with Meade's um, defensive setup. But I think if any team, I think they're they're more than capable to kind of break that down. And like Cora said, it's, I think we're in for a, a cracking battle. Did Meade's uh, relentless progress through the ranks of Gaelic football kind of shock you, Lindsay? Obviously, it didn't go your way last year and you got revenge of them in Leinster, but you didn't get the chance this year to, to meet them again. Yeah, like, look, they're, they're a fantastic team. They've been up and coming and, you know, they've had that heartache of the intermediate finals and, you know, progressed progress to senior. But I think they're just so confident in the structure that they play. Like, it's funny, we actually would have played them, I think it was 2020 in a challenge game, Um and I was very impressed with them that day. And funnily enough, we played Kerry earlier this year. Um, and again, I was very impressed with just their ability to open us up and get goals. Um, so I think with the progress of them, their two teams are very confident in their systems and their style of play. But um, yeah, when we last year, look, obviously things didn't go to plan. And we would have loved to have got another crack them this year. But sure, look, that's, that's how it goes. Yeah, Neve, you got first-hand experience of me just recently. Uh, what was your feeling on the day it was a close match but just you came out on the wrong side yeah I think it just echoing what the girls already said there you know everyone knows they're very strong defensively and you know their skill level and their their patience moving forward and moving the hands through the ball you know makes it really hard to combat that attacking game that they have and you know the one of the ways to kind of combat that is to try and go defensive against them but in turn that just kind of invites them on to you so you know, they have people and, and players all over the pitch well able to take their scores from distance. Um, and, you know, looking at Kerry, they have that as well. So I think if they can avoid kind of running into the traps that Meath set and take their scores from distance, um, I think that'll be a big thing. That counter-attack and high press that Meath employ, Neve, it's based on a lot of physical conditioning. You have to be fit. Oh, 100%. And, you know... I think, you know, looking at Dublin as well, Dublin are very good at, at pressing high up the ball and they, they cause me a lot of a lot of problems, you know, high up the pitch and everyone going player to player. Um, you know, and similarly Kerry are a very physical and aggressive team. So I think if they can decide to push high, it'll make life very awkward for me. Um and then going forward for, for Kerry, I think that'll cause me, you know, a good lot of problems as well. As I said, shooting from distance I think will be the big one. It's great, Cora, that we now know as kind of household names, Emma Duggan and Vicky Wall, because maybe a year and a half ago, the general population wouldn't have known them. Um, that is one of the, well, I suppose one of the real benefits of having these games would have a lot of attendance. They're on, like on, on, on terrestrial television, TG Cahar. Um, that's what we want, more of these in more counties and, and, and counties like Donegal to get hope that if Meath can do it, um, that the Cork and Dublin haven't been out of an all Ireland final since 2002. So this is, a, even though me, they're the all Ireland champions, there's a degree of freshness and novelty to this, isn't there, Cora? Yeah, there certainly is. I think there's, I think they're probably this year more so than any year. And I think they're probably the, the quarterfinals is where all that kind of freshness um, was probably shown. Um, you know, it's probably shown through, through the stages of the round robin. But I suppose, obviously, Donegal's um, defeat of, of Dublin in, in the quarterfinal and, and then Mayo's defeat of Cork um, and even, um, you know, Kerry's defeat of Armagh. Armagh would probably have gone in favourites even though Kerry had beat them in the league final. You know, Armagh had been, you know, a team that had been touted for All-Ireland success and, and probably Kerry weren't. So, yeah, I, I think that round of quarterfinals, um, you know, a couple of weeks back was really when you kind of seen that the championship had opened up and, you know, I, I, even when the season is done and whether it's me or Kerry, Kerry they win the All-Ireland tomorrow, I think there's a lot of teams that will go away and um, will probably have a little bit of a, a pep in their step come, you know, uh, pre-season when, when that starts, whether it's November or whenever it might be. Because they've seen that the teams like me and, and Kerry and, and Donegal and Mayo and, and, and you know, Armagh to a lesser extent and, and the Galways, they'll all feel that they have a huge chance to, to, to get All-Ireland success, get to a final and, and get um, All-Ireland success. Where I probably, years years gone by, when you come up against that Cork, Cork team, you know, you always, you know, hoped that you get success, but it was a lot harder. And then obviously Dublin took over that mantle, where now I think it's, you know, it's anyone's game. Um, you know, Meath might might say different. You know, if they win two in a row tomorrow, but yeah, I do think there's a real freshness in the game, and there's probably really 
six, seven teams um, that can, you know, that can win the All-Ireland. And, and it's not saying, oh, it's, it's not out of hope. It's actually that they can go on and win the All-Ireland. So, yeah, I, I do think that's it's, it's really good for ladies football that that's happening now. And there's a lot of teams that are competing for, for the senior championship. And you've gotten to that semi-final, beating the dubs. Do you now believe, uh, is there now a impetus in Donegal that you can actually go and win this Brandon Martin Cup in the next few years? Yeah, definitely. Look, that's the aim every year for us. Um, you know, the last few years we've we've pushed Dublin close, but you know, they just were able to finish the game out and finish stronger than us. Um, like we always believed that we had that performance in us. Uh, I know that's probably similar to the likes of Kerry and Meath. You know, and Mayo even as well. You know, getting to the semi final, it's that's what that's what girls are playing for you know we're not just playing to make up the numbers we're playing to win the All-Ireland so I think you know obviously beating a team like Dublin is brilliant but at the end of the day you know we want to be aiming for an All-Ireland final and, and challenging for the, the cup on the last day of the season you know Lindsay what do you remember from the finals you're involved in are, are there many nerves uh, is it a blur is it very vivid what stands out in your memory bank from the, the days you played um, uh, All-Ireland finals I suppose I'd like to so last year was probably, you know, it was the first time we've had the attendance. Like 2020, you would have been playing in an empty stadium and you're back to attendance. So there was definitely an air of excitement around it. Um, yeah, look, against any team, you're always going to be very nervous going into it. But it's just trying to manage those nerves as best as you can. But I think there's always going to be a bit of mix between nerves and excitement going into a big game like this. And how did you manage it successfully, as it were? Because obviously you were going for five in a row. There was those other years that you did win. You had tight games. How did Mick Bowen get the best out of you? What was the, the best process for you on the day? I suppose for us, it's always fun for just probably sticking about the same routine with me. Um, you know, it's always about focusing just on my nutrition, hydration, stuff before the game, making sure I'm getting plenty of sleep, going to plenty of swims in the sea, um, just a lot of, you know, recovery and stuff. So for me, it was all about just sticking to the kind of same process and not really mixing it up too much. Nothing too exciting really for a game, but um, yeah, look, obviously the week of the game as well there's just so much excitement going in and I think a part of it you have to really enjoy that buzz as well um, as well as just being focused going in so it's, it's just trying to kind of take everything in while you can as well Because Cork were there as dominant team for so long Lindsay you might have felt yeah, I'm never going to get over Cork but winning must have been worth all the sacrifices then yeah, like geez, we we uh, we lost three finals in a row to Cork, and I, I suppose we got to a stage where we thought you were never kind of going to get over the line. And I suppose when Mick came in, then um, you know, I don't think we would have foreseen the success that we had with him. So I've been very lucky to have been part of such a successful team. And it was just unfortunate last year, kind of didn't go our way. But you know, we got beaten by the better team on the day, so you can have no complaints about that. But I suppose look, that's the the joy of football when you're you're playing you're playing for days like that to get out in Crow Park. Corey, you were involved in Mayo, as we all know, at such a young age. Uh, and then 2000, you're an 18-year-old, you score two goals in the final. 2003, you lob in a free kick and you win the All-Ireland again. When you're so young, do you not even think about it? Do you not even think about the consequences? Do you not even think about losing when you're so young and you're just playing free? Uh, I, 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 don't, I think you're probably a little, you don't probably have as many nerves as the older you get. And, and you've been there before, I think, yeah, certainly the, the nerves are probably more... Um, I, I suppose for, for me, obviously, my first two All-Irelands, we won. And then we, we, we lost um, the three in a row to Leash. And then we, we won another two together. So I think when you feel the defeat, um, that's probably where it, it gets a little bit harder. Um, you think, yeah, you're riding the crest of a wave and when, when you haven't lost one. But then when, I, when you certainly do lose one, um, you know, that kind of little bit of fear is put into you of, you know, you know that what that feeling is like. So... Um, yeah, as a, as a younger player, yeah, you're you're probably certainly, um, you know, my nerves would be a lot more when you know when I would be playing later into my career because I suppose um, you value them more as, as a young player. You probably think this is going to happen year in year out, and unfortunately, it doesn't. But yeah, certainly, um, yeah, I, I can imagine the older kind of Kerry girls that have been around the block for a long time, and it might be, you know, their last hurrah. Their nerves will certainly be there, but. Really nerves when the ball is thrown in and, and the game, you know, starts. They really all do go out. I know people do say that, but they, they do really um, go away and, and it's just like another match and you, and you just get on with it and you're, and you're so engrossed in the game. Um, you, you kind of just don't think about anything else. I mean, what's the next ball or what's ahead of you? And is that the case now for you and Aussie Rules, Cora? <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that. Yeah, I, I certainly, yeah. It's, it's um, you know, I suppose I don't know the game well enough here. Um, even though I'm, pl I'm playing it now six seasons, it's, yeah... 
I, I'm still learning the game. So, yeah, I, I just really worry about my job. Um, yeah, probably, I, I'm probably not as nervous playing Aussie rules as I was Gaelic football because there's probably not as, as much um, expectation put on me over here as there was at home. So, um, yeah, it's it, it's all about just try, trying to get my game right. And as, as Lindsay said, trying to get your performance right. And, and, you know, for me, it's trying to be better than I was last, last season. And, you know, trying to be better than I was last game. So yeah, it's 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 just about getting myself right and, and getting uh, certainly at my age, just keeping my body right. We saw about David Clifford the pressure of expectation. Did you feel that pressure during your career, Cora? Um, David was able to take it in a stride, and obviously you were as well. But is it a real thing when a county is hanging its hat on you? Yeah, I suppose at times there's you know there's there's pressure um, you know and and the girls are well know you know when you're when you're a key forward and and you're you're expected to. You know, probably kick one five, one six, or whatever it might be in a game. And you know, certainly when you're a free taker, there's probably that little bit of extra pressure put on you. Um, you know, a lot of the pressure, I suppose, is it comes from internally as well. It comes from yourself to, you know, try and have consistency in performance. You know, if if you want to be at the top of your game, it's all about having consistent performance. You know, week in, week out. Um, yeah, and and obviously then there's that external pressure, whether it's from fans or media or whoever it might be. Um, but yeah, if, if you want to be you know, one, uh, known as a, as a good player, um, you know that's what it's all about. It's, it's about being consistent week in, when week in week out and putting in the performances. So yeah, there's pressure. But you know what? Um, when I was playing, I loved that extra bit of pressure. Um, it, it probably made you um, perform better and and and, and you know um, complete your role in in a, in a in a better performance. Lindsay, do you see tomorrow's Meath Kerry game about systems or matchups specifically? Um, I don't know. I think it's going to be a very intriguing battle. Um, I think definitely some of the matchups are going to be really interesting. You know, you the like of, um, you know, Emma Duggan is one who's kind of firing well for them out the pitch. Obviously, Vicky Wall is a massive threat. Uh, Stacey Grimes gets on a lot of ball, but like she's only scored since the provincial final. She's only scored one point from play. Um, 19 of her scores have been from freeze. So I think not giving away scoreable freeze for uh, Kerry is going to be something that they need to be uh, mindful of. Um, and then as well, the scoring threats that you have with Kerry, you know, obviously we mentioned Louise Mahertic, um, you know, Shifa O'Shea, Neve Carmody, who has been playing absolutely fantastic football um, the past couple of weeks. Um, she's going to be a really key player for them, just her vision. And their, I think Kerry's ability to send long ball in uh, quickly is going to be key to their success tomorrow. Um, again, Paris McCarthy is another one that they're going to have to look out for. So I think there's going to be a lot of key battles out there that both teams are going to be focused on. Um, but yeah, I think it's definitely going to come down to the systems as well. Obviously, Kerry are going to be very attack-minded. Um, you know, like I said, since Provincial, they scored 14 goals to Meads 3. Um, but again, that just goes to show with me, they've only conceded three goals as well. So their ability to shut out goals and stop it um, it's going to be very interesting to see how Kerry deal with that so I think it's going to be a mix of both tactically how they set up and then how they control the key, key battles throughout the pitch as well uh, Neve, a moment is always important as well like Emma Duggan's moment that goal earlier on last year that really set the whole tone for the whole game because with an early goal with any goal we didn't have a goal in the men's final last week it just completely uh, turns a game in the fact that the other team has to react and then systems and matchups go out of the window a bit yeah, definitely. And I think it's it's one of those things that you can try and train for, but at the end of the day, it comes down to the match on the day. And, and as you said, how people kind of deal with that. You know, I think um, the Kerry's tactical approach will be key. I think Meath aren't going to change their system. They never do, no matter who they're playing for. I think if, if Kerry sit back in big numbers, it's going to suit Meath. But if Kerry can go for it early and, and put Meath on the back foot, I think it'll be a very interesting battle. You know, Meath never score a huge amount. Um, so I think if a team like Kerry can get ahead of them, especially going down the, the home straight, you know, three or four points, I think it's something that Meath won't be used to. And, you know, they'll they'll have to chase the game, maybe leaving gaps at the end, you know. But if, if Kerry are kind of in control, whether it's a point or two points, you know, you've seen against us two weeks ago, their game management was excellent and they were able to work it out from the corner across the back. You know, we probably could have had more contact on them higher up the pitch, but they were able to work it and be patient. And, you know, Emma, Emma Duggan was able to finish it off with a score at the end. 
This is the Saturday panel. We're previewing tomorrow's Ladies All-Ireland Football Finals with Cora Staunton, Lindsay Davey and Neve McLaughlin. You've got a question for any of the panel? You can text us 53106 for a cost of 30 cents. We're going to break for the news now, but plenty more to talk about after two, including the lure of Australia. We know Vicky Wall is going down under. Life outside football for our panel. The men's game, even like even the, the vacancies in, in Donegal, in Mayo and uh, with Dublin's obviously lost to Kerry in the semi-final, the State of the Nation in Dublin, but also the State of Ladies Football and how it's grown. Uh, the more interest in the game from people going to the matches, broadcasters, and also how women's sport is changing with the women's Euros uh, this weekend as well, set out crowd for England and Germany, and how the amplification of women's sport can be enhanced across soccer, across rugby with these professional contracts coming in to the RFU and across ladies football. So Cora Staunton, Lindsay Davey and Eva McLaughlin with us between two and a half two. We're back after the news. The Saturday panel on Off the Ball. And you're welcome back to Off the Ball Saturday here on News Talk. John Duggan with you through to five. Rangers have beaten Livingston 2 1 on the opening day of the Scottish Premiership season. Now, this is part two of the Saturday panel previewing the Ladies All Ireland Football Finals at Croke Park tomorrow with the four time All Ireland winner with Mayo and current AFLW player with the Greater Western Sydney Giants, Cora Staunton. Four time All Ireland winner with the Dubs, Lindsay Davy, and current Donegal captain, Neve McLaughlin. So the TG Carr Junior final between Antrim and Fermanagh at 11.45 tomorrow at Croke Park. Leash and Wexford contesting the intermediate decider at 1.45. And then the senior final, Meath against Kerry going head to head at four. Um, the state of the game, Cora, like when you were playing it even 20 years ago, not all finals were at Croke Park, I believe. Um, do you feel the game is in a healthy place at the moment? Yeah, yeah, I do think it's in a healthy place. Um, I think it has been for a while. Um, you know, obviously when I started playing, you know, it was always on the up, it was growing and growing. There probably wasn't, you know, many as many teams that were competing at the at the highest stage but as I said earlier on there's more and more teams now that that you know give themselves a really good chance you know realistic chance of of All-Ireland success so yeah and, and you can obviously see the benefit of you know in the intermediate championship as well um with me coming through that and and um their success so yeah no I think the game is you know is in a very healthy state obviously there's there's the debate around um you know, AFL and um, losing some of our top stars to that. I, th- I think that's probably the, the only issue that they have at the moment. And, and, you know, I think that's going to be an ongoing issue, certainly um, with the number of girls that's obviously coming to Australia and, and a lot of them, um, you know, being our biggest stars um, with, with two of them on show um, tomorrow in, in Orla Lally and Vicky Wall. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I know that's a concern um, for a lot of counties and a lot of county managers, Um Throughout, throughout, throughout Ireland, but yeah, certainly the game's in a in a very healthy, competitive state. In a sense, with um, a lot of teams that have a genuine chance of All Ireland success, that's all. That's always a good sign. Uh, is there uh, a right to be concerned? I mean, you're down there. You're experiencing a core. Can both things coexist? Uh, like well, probably not now. The way they're going, um, they probably co- they have coexisted. Um, for the last number of years, obviously this is my sixth season down here, um, and you know for for the last um, five seasons they worked um, you know on opposite ends of the of the calendar where you know the season over here was finished in in kind of April time and girls went home and, and could play um, the end of the kind of the league and in, into their championship run, um, and then they were probably getting majority of their club football in. Um, obviously with the season swinging around um, this year. And um, with our season um, starting um, at the end of August, um, you know, girls expected expected out probably June time, um, and and that's only going to extend. The season is only going to get earlier um, by two or three weeks every year. Um, you know, so the the notion of being able to play um, intercounty football and AFLW, while that was a thing for the past five years, it's it's not going to be possible anymore. And um, yeah, I suppose obviously you have to say it's a worry um, with the with the the, the calibre of players. I suppose that's been lost. As, as I said, the two girls I mentioned they're in the All Ireland final tomorrow. Um, obviously, the Mayo losing um, you know particularly high number of stars and in, in, um, the two Kelly sisters, Sarah Rowe, um, Aileen Gilroy, and Rachel Kearns. Rachel, uh, the only one of the of the five um, that uh, that played with Mayo this year. The other four opted not to play. Um, and came back um, early to, to be with their club. So, you know, for for I only can really speak for Mayo alone. But to lose five players, um, you know, starting out their fifth, out their starting fifteen is 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 a huge number. So, 
Um, is there demand for, for more Irish down here? There certainly is. Um, is there targeting, yeah. Corey? Is there specific, specific targeting of Irish players? Uh, there, there's probably a little bit of both. There's, there's, yeah, there's probably, you know, if I give an example, Vicky Wall was certainly targeted to come down under or we, they probably like to use the word scouted over here. But then there's also girls that maybe weren't scouted but have looked to come over. They've, um, you know, they've looked themselves to come over. Um, so, you know, if you look at the 21 girls that will play in, in, in uh, the AFLW season seven here, um, I, I, I probably only imagine, at a guess, probably, um, you know, five or six of that 21 that's over here um, were, were scouted to come over where the other maybe 14 um, or 15, you know, tried to get over here themselves. So. Um, yeah, there, there, there certainly is scouting, but it's it's not of the whole uh, of the whole amount that's over here. Girls are just genuinely interested to come over to see it as a career. They see it as obviously um, a huge lifestyle. Um, you know, getting to to move to Australia for a number of years, and um, you know, obviously the pay deal that um, was brokered there, you know, a couple of months ago. Um, you know, with the the ninety four percent percent increase in wages, now girls can make a quite a good living from it. And you know, um, if if you come over as a 19, 20 year old, or even a 21 year old, you know, you could have a, a 10 year career doing it. So, or more. Um, so yeah, it is, it is a huge enticing thing um, where I suppose the option to play a professional team sport in Ireland is probably now at the moment, it's probably limited to the rugby sevens. I, I know there's talks about the yeah, rugby the 15s will get contracts. Yeah. Yeah. Getting contracts. But um, yeah, there, there's probably no other um, aspect of trying to have professional sport, and and obviously with the similarities between AFL and, and ladies football, and you know the crossover and and how quickly you can adapt to to, to the other game. Um, yeah, it's it's a huge enticement if you're a girl that's you know just after coming out of college, finished four years in college, and and either got scouted to come over or you looked into to trying to come over yourself, and 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 you got offered a contract, you know. It's a it's a very livable wage now that they can you know you know make money and and you know have a have a very good life so um, yeah it, it's 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 going to be hard in the game when you're losing you know if you're you know and he, rightly so I know Eamon Murray was very disappointed initially when um, Vicky Wall was signed and and then now Orla Lally and and you know there's talks of more for next season um, when you're losing two or three of your biggest stars from your team it's 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 very very difficult and. Um, you know, it's very, very difficult to manage both, you know, um, probably, you know, if you, if you look at players, it's probably managed both very well over the last probably number of seasons. Sinead Goldrick from Dublin has probably been your best example. But um, as I said, now that's gone, you know, if, when Vicky and Orla, you know, do come over after um, the All-Ireland final, um, that will be their last time they represent Meads right. um, while playing AFL. Um, unless okay. they decide to step away from AFL, they're, they're not going to be able to represent okay, me. Okay, because um, I think Vicky did have an aspiration to return to me next year. So um. yeah, well, she, like realistically, she might turn, be able to return for some of the league campaign, but w- w- certainly once championship comes around, unless ladies um, ladies football changes, um, you know that's not going to happen. You know, right. you know um, yeah, okay. I, I cannot see it happening because she, she's going to miss majority of pre-season. Okay. When you're when you're contracted to the club as they are twelve month contracts now, you know they have the right to tell you when to come back. Lindsay, how do you feel about the whole thing? Um, look, I suppose it's it's one of those things, isn't it? You can understand why girls want to go over. It's a massive opportunity for them, um, and you know, like I suppose playing the game as well, but it's an opportunity to travel and stuff as well. So you wouldn't be grudge anyone for going over. Um, but like Cora said, it's 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 tough when you're seeing some of the top players in the game go and like. Look, meter in their second All Ireland now, but losing the likes of I know we say Vicky Wall, but Orla Lally is massive to that structure as well. Eric O'Shea from Cork, Blahin Macken from Armagh as well. Look at all the the uh, Mayo girls. Do you know if, if Mayo had those players this year, would Mayo possibly be in an All Ireland this year? Do you know? And when you're watching the game, you want to see the best players playing. Um, so it is a pity to see them going. Um, but you wouldn't be grudge anyone um to turn down that opportunity either. How do you feel about Neve? Is too much of it going on, or is just an understandable thing in a in a, in a market which is pay versus amateur? Um, that the county is important, but also there's life as well. Yeah, I think you know, girls give so much to their county over so many years, and it's not. I'm sure it's not an easy decision to make. It's 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 definitely a hard decision for them, and you know, you have the lure of like Cora, like Cora said, you know 
living that professional lifestyle, you know, training how many times a week that you might be living, you know, in, a, in Australia, obviously, which is very appealing versus, you know, playing and representing your county with your, your teammates and your friends that you have done for, for so many years. Um, it's, it's a difficult one, you know, you can definitely see two sides to the, you know, to the coin and, you know, we haven't been affected by it so much this last wee while, you know, obviously Yvonne Bonner was one of that first group that went over and she's the kind of girl that could, could put her foot to any sport if she wanted. And obviously Katie Heron as well went over, um, you know, it was COVID around that time that Katie went. So, so she was home, she was home earlier then. Um, but you know, obviously if, if you're, if you're Mayo and you're losing five players that have gone, you know, five very influential and, and very, very, you know, good footballers. And then you have the likes of Aileen Gilroy as well, who hasn't been involved with me over the last few years. You can see why, you know, people might be thinking, Jeekers, look what we could do with them if this is what we can do when they're not here at the minute, especially Mayo this year. Um, so, you know, I can I can see both sides of it. I suppose I'm probably pretty neutral at the minute because I haven't had to worry too much about it in the last wee while from, from a Donegal side of things. But, um, you know, we'll, we'll just see how it goes. Yeah. Um, like, so... Yeah, because Neve, because you were a soccer player in Newcastle, Sunderland, and you had a bad crucial injury, so you've almost tasted this lifestyle and this potential professional lifestyle. Yeah, like I, I would have played with Sunderland when I studied at university, and you know, that, at, at the time we were in the, the women's super league, um, so you know we were training three and four, five nights a week, gym, etc. Um, and at that time when I played, Sunderland actually were relegated. The, the whole Women's Super League had been restructured. So even though we finished sixth or seventh in the league, we were ended up being relegated just because of the finance and the sport wasn't there for the women. Now, that's all changed at the minute. And it's, um, you know, it's definitely getting a lot better. And you can see, obviously, you know, the big push that the FA has put on soccer in England at the minute um, and the way that the English teams have gone. And I suppose if you invest in the teams that way, that's what's going to happen. And I know that's starting here at grassroots, you know, with the likes of the Irish women's team, we have a big game coming up in September. And, you know, for girls who are playing football here in Ireland at inter-county level, you know, they're putting as much effort in as, as, as people in that, that professional kind of setting, you know. And so how can you how can you sort of say to someone, you know, you should stay here and, and, and not get paid if, if you're being offered, you know, getting a, getting a wage or whatever it might be over in Australia as such. There has been a shift, hasn't there, Lindsay? Like, you got a sellout Wembley tomorrow for Germany-France. We had that Barcelona-Real Madrid game with over 90,000. Um, the girls in green, we could be going to Australia-New Zealand. To me, there's been a big shift or something like that. Would you agree that there's been a breakthrough in terms of women's sport just getting more parity than it, than it was? Um, sorry, was that for me? Yes, <laughs> Lindsay, yeah, sorry. Um, yeah, like, there's been a great shift in the past couple of years. Um, look, even with Lidl coming on, um, you know, like we got to play in Crow Park, I think it was 2019, with over 56,000 people in coming into sport. Um, as far as I'm aware, there's a massive um, support coming out the, the, tomorrow. Um, I think it's well over 40,000, which is fantastic to be seen. So, um, look, even with the Irish sports, like Irish sports just doing so well at the moment, and it is getting a, a lot of uh, publicity. Um, and it's great, like that's that's what we want. I think one of the pity is at the moment, um, I suppose with our championship, was we probably haven't got as much coverage this year because of the the season overlapping with the men, um, and you know not all the games has been televised. Um, so I think probably the coverage this year has been probably a bit less than before. Um, but I think that structure may be looked at next year. So look, hopefully next year we'll have a lot more games being televised, and you know the coverage won't be kind of getting dampened down because of its clashing with the men's game. It's interesting, Cora, that, you know, when you think about the men's game and hurling or football, there's no easy uh, route to professionalism, as it were, unless it's done within the organisation itself. And that's not going to happen in the GA in the next few years. But with the uh, Australian Women's uh, Football League, there is a route towards professionalism and there's an appetite for Irish players who've got similar skills. It seems from what you're saying, Cora, that this thing is only, only going to get bigger and bigger in Australia. Yeah, um, for, for, for the next while, for sure. Um, I, I think it would have probably got bigger. Um, and I mean, by numbers, you know, it started off, obviously, when I came out, I was the first one. And, and then the second year, I think there was five. And then we had a big shift up, I think, to maybe 14 and, and arisen. But COVID obviously hit. And when COVID hit over here, that was that was a big issue because obviously scouts couldn't get over or girls couldn't get over. It was very difficult to get to Australia visa-wise and stuff. So... 
for the last kind of two years, it's it's stabilised at the same number. I think we've had maybe 14 Irish for the last two, kind of two years, give or take one. Um, but yeah, certainly, obviously, with, with, with the borders opening here in, in Australia a number of months ago um, and, and things quite kind of back to normal, you know, um, post-COVID, the numbers are going to increase, you know. Um, obviously, you, you know, the girls that come out, are they're coming out for the first time this year. You know, I, I heard about them girls probably, you know, three or four months ago. And, you know, I, I, I've probably heard about seven or eight girls there, you know, um, looking to come out or have been looked at to come out, um, you know, for the next season. Obviously, um, the, these two seasons that we've played in, um, there's only going to be three months apart um, of the two pre-seasons. We finished in April and, and, and pre-season started back um in June for us. So, um, you know, this there's obviously going to be a, a good gap this year. We'll finish at Christmas and, and the next preseason probably won't start till the end of May. But yeah, in that period of time, you know, as I said, I've I've already heard of about seven or eight girls that, you know, certainly are, are due to come out. Yeah. Um for, for, for season eight it will be at that stage. And and you know, that's probably only going to grow um, you know, if that kind of number goes up towards 30, you know, I expect probably over the next number of years anyways, um, for that number to grow just because the um, the academy system here, which is your underage system, still isn't strong enough, um, you know, for girls coming through the number. The girls are there, but they're just not developed skill wise, uh, physical wise and all that yet. Um, maybe maybe in 10, 15 years time, there'll be so many of them, there won't be a need for it. It is, it is a ma- massive growing sport. Um, so the numbers of Irish maybe won't be as big then, but there'll always be a need for Irish because they just look at the look at us in a different way. Um, um, I suppose our um, our skills and and what we do, we do things very differently what, to what they do. Is we're 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 not your normal AFL player, and I think they like that. Um, and I see, I suppose they've seen how the game has grown um, right throughout Europe and in Ireland, and the coverage that it's getting at home. Um, you know, the AFL in, in the men's in the men's side of the game are, are trying to sell the game, um, you know, worldwide. Um, you know, there's talks of that their their TV deal, which is, which is due um, for renewal very soon, um, th- that they're pushing towards, um, you know, America and stuff like that. With the, the CEO of the of the AFL was over there lately. So they're, yeah, they're trying to grow the game themselves over here, okay. both men and women um, internationally and. Yeah, you know, if you're asking me in a couple of years time, yeah, that number would be probably at least 40 plus, I'd imagine, um, over the next kind of five-ish years. So where's the money coming from to support um, the growth of women's AFL, uh, Cora? Is it broadcast revenue? Is it sponsorships? Or is it money coming from the men's game? Uh, yeah, it's 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 early days. It's certainly money coming from the men's game, um, you know. Don't, don't quote me. It's it's on exact figures now, but you know I I, I think right. the men's TV rights go every I think something like every three years, and the last deal was worth something like three point two billion, and and they're up for um they're up for discussion. I think they're up at the end of this season for the men. So yeah, a lot of that comes from from the, from the men's TV rights, and um you know in the last kind of I think it's two seasons um the for the first few seasons of of the um, women's competitions you know it was free entry. Now they started charging. And I, we've had our own broadcast deal, I think, for the first time maybe last season. So um, the growth of the game here from, from an underage point of view of females is um, gone through the roof. It's I, I couldn't even tell right. you the figures. Even here in New South Wales, they don't have enough green space to um, accommodate um, young girls picking up the sport. So it's it's a massive sport and it's a, it's a sport I, I'd kind of reference to a bit like the way um, the Irish women's soccer team and the FAI and they're all one you know they don't differentiate between like at home it's ladies football and it's it's men football and it's different organisations it's the same organisation that runs everything right. um, it's all one so um, you know they look after the women's as, as the men they want there's a big push to grow the game there's a big push at the moment to have women coaches in the game um, both in the men's space and in the women's space so yeah there's, there's a big push um and obviously, I suppose that that was probably seen probably two months ago with the with the with the pay with the pay deal, um, and the ninety four percent pay increase. And and the next push now is to have it fully professional by twenty twenty six. And does that give you a great lifestyle then, Cora? You know, living in Australia, you know, you got the good weather. You know, you're paid. Um, there's people out there from obviously from your own GA community, from the past. It it seems like quite an yeah. easy sell. 
Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, it's it is. Yeah, for me, it's 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 an easy sell. Like I I I don't work when I'm out here. I I you know I do do a bit around the club from a, from a coaching point of view, but. Yeah, you know, I'm 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 fully professional when I'm here. So, you know, I just spend time on trying to get myself right, get my body right, and whatever that might be, if it's for training or for matches. Um, you know, I, I have plenty of time to get myself right. I suppose I only can look back at my time when when I was playing with Mayo. You know, you're trying to work um, like everyone else is. You know, whatever your job is. You know, ninety five in Lindsay's case is different. I know she's. Um, with the with the with the fire brigade. You know, you're trying to work shift work, whatever it might be. Um, you know it's very difficult so sometimes you're trying to fit in morning gym sessions you're going to work and and, and then you're trying to go to training or um, I, I even find it when I go home for the couple of months that I'm home life is so busy for that period of time and you come back here and, and you have so much downtime and, and time to, to get things right so yeah there's a huge draw obviously Sydney and, and, and the weather and, and, and all of that is, is, is a huge draw as well and yeah, it's just, you know, I suppose when, when I was growing up, I always thought I'd be a soccer player for, for, for Man United. That was my dream as probably a seven-year-old. That was never going to transpire. But I suppose for the last five years for me to get the opportunity to see what it's like to be a you know a full-time professional um, sports person, you know, it's, it's, it's you know, I, I can't even put it into words. It's just been amazing to have to get that opportunity. I didn't think I'd ever get it. And, you know, I can understand, as I said, girls that now that are coming out as, yeah. You know, 19, 20, 21, that they'll have that opportunity for, you know, you know, 9, 10, 11 years, which which is a great lifestyle to have. And as I said, as a, as a female growing up in my era, you never thought that you were going to get that opportunity. Yeah, uh, it was a really interesting window. Fascinating from Cora Staunton there on uh, amateur and professional sport for women. Um, Lindsay Davey, like, as she said there, you're a firefighter. You know, so you, you have a lot of balancing to do on unusual hours, I'm saying, to be a Dublin footballer and a firefighter and para- paramedic as well. Yeah, um, especially since doing the paramedics now, I'd say it's, it's probably got even more difficult. Um, to have, you're getting caught at a hospital at a call and you're trying to leave to get back to the station, to get your gear, to go training. Um, it, it's been very tough um, and it's just constantly juggling your roster between your work roster and your training roster to see where you can find gaps that you need to get covered. But in fairness, I've always said I've been very lucky with the crew that I, ha- that I work with. Um, you know, be covering me with shifts, or they might stay back, so I can go train in the evenings and come in after. So, um, yeah, there's definitely a lot of balancing with shift work, and and again, so as like Cora alluded, it's one of the draws of probably going over to the AFL is getting to a chance to experience that professional lifestyle, you know. Um, but as well. It, it's tough here though like I said you would hate to see so many of the girls going over and just losing those key players they're the ones that you want to be watching um so it will be interesting of course down the line to see where that goes to like the next year or two how many more girls are we going to lose um are you an adrenaline junkie if you're in the fire service and also playing for the dubs Lindsay Pardon? Are you an adrenaline junkie, uh, you know, being oh, involved yeah. in the fire service and playing for the dubs? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I'm probably like the, the busy lifestyle, um, just jumping from one to another. Um, yeah, absolutely. Have you tackled any big blazes? <laughs> um, uh, I suppose there are not things you can really go into, but um, yeah. with the paramedic side things, are definitely something in work that we're just getting busier and busier now since COVID has lifted. Um, the call sign have just gone through the roof like so been very busy just these few days or these few past few months in work How is the physio work going for you Neve? Good yeah keeping busy um, now when the sun is out well whenever we do get sun people people don't tend to come looking um, you find people more in the winter months they um, especially the people who are maybe a bit more, you know, social social runners or social exercising. Um, I have a big interest in sports injuries, especially knee injuries, just from my own experience. Um, so that's something that I'm trying to build upon and um, just just try and get people or girls, especially maybe, you know, a lot of the girls now, it's very prominent and have a knee and ACL injuries. So that's something that I would like to try and, you know, get a bit more education around for, for people and people going through the rehab and, it's not as, you know, it's obviously not nice to get injured like that, but it's it's not like it was where it was career ending and, you know, people can come back and, you know, even be better, maybe better than before. So that's that's kind of where I'm at with things. Is it pitches? Is it twisting? Are there, are there things that are causing these injuries? Yeah, I think it's a mixture of everything. Yeah. 
I think it's a, it's a mixture of everything. I can't. I don't think you can really put it down to one thing. You know, a, a lot of the time, which I talk to people when I'm asked that question, is you know, girls are bigger, faster, stronger. They're they're able to produce more force now with the way strength and conditioning is kind of developed over time. So, you know, the faster and stronger girls are, and and you know, males as well. Um, you know, the the more it's going to take to slow things down. So people are playing more these days so with more contact hours the more chance that those things are going to happen and then obviously for females a big thing is you know hormones and um even angles at the hip and knees as well but i, I don't think you can really pin it on one thing you know i uh, just got a few texts in here i'm a mentor of a junior ladies football team in a dual dublin club in my view the ladies will never gain any type of parity with the men until the ladies gaelic football association and camogie agree to go week on week off how does the panel feel about this Lindsay? you're in dublin would that be something that you're aware of or have a, have a view um, on i wouldn't obviously have too much of um an insight into the camogie side of things i know over the years probably what we've seen in the media just with fixtures clashing so i think definitely there needs to be probably more of a communication between the county boards but in terms of fixture planning um but unfortunately when they're separate associations i think these are the things that we're that we're going to face would you like to see a merger um i think it depends on how that merger is going to be set um you know i think it's all well and good saying, yeah, we'll come under the one umbrella, but I think we need to figure out like how our team's going to be run in terms of like, would you still be under like the same one? Um, sorry, would you still be under the like separate organizations, but under the one umbrella, like, you know, even with, with the LGFA, like they've got the rights of a TG Catter and Lidl. So if they're going to under the one umbrella with the GAA, what happens to those sponsorship deals, do you know? Um, so I think there is a lot of discussions that need to be had before it's, just saying go under the one uh, probably in terms of access to pitch and stuff it would probably be definitely a benefit in that sense Absolutely yeah we're looking at also intermediate and junior finals tomorrow Cora Antrim against Fermanagh in the junior final Leash against Wexford in the intermediate decider um, we saw with Meath coming through the intermediate ranks that it is possible to go the whole way Leash were a team that beat you in 0-1 so these are also interesting matches to talk about uh, just in addition to the senior game yeah, I, th- I think um, the particularly the intermediate final. I think that's going to be a cracker. Um, Leash Wexford. I know they've, they've they've met earlier on in the year as well. Um, you know, obviously Leash have been and, and Lindsay probably know better than I have uh, do. But you know, Leash have been to the fore in ladies football for a long time and, and kind of dipped um, over the last few years. But they've they've come very strong again. Um, and that's it's it's a game that I expect them to win. They've some you know quality quality players. Um, and I know from even the club scene, we, we've played a number of their clubs as well. Um, you know, when, when Carnacun got out and, and went to the Leinster Championship, um, you know, it, they have some really, really quality um, players there. And, and I think, um, you know, for for the development of, of Leinster football, as I said, Lindsay, you know better than I do, but to have Leash back up senior um, would be, um, you know, a, a very good thing, uh, along with um, obviously Westmead. Um, were there this year, they came back up and, you know, with uh, Dublin and Meath. But yeah, I think you need the likes of the Leashes and them up there. But I do think it's a, it's a game that'll be another very, very tight battle. But, I, I'm, you know, I do expect Leash to win it. And Antrim and Fermanagh up north as well uh, in a in a final, the uh, junior one, Neve. Yeah, um, it'll be interesting. Antrim have, have beat Fermanagh twice already this year. Um and both both teams that have played in All Ireland finals the last few years, you know, and uh, Gantram have, have lost a few recently, and Fermanagh have won a few maybe before that. I don't think the results earlier on in the year will, will count for much. Obviously, on the day in a final, um, you know, James Daly's over Fermanagh there, um, so you know, I'm sure he'll have he'll have plenty of kind of tactics and tricks up his sleeves for for getting over the line. So. Look, I think it'll be, I think it'll be an interesting one as well. And Lindsay, how do you see the intermediate game going, Leash and Wexford? Yeah, I think it's going to be a really interesting battle. Um, Joe, they've already played um, this year already and got, went into extra time. I think Leash were 11 points up at one stage in the game and Wexford came back. Wexford there seem to be building though as well in their past few games. Um, and Joe having lost last year, I think they'll be going in to get back um, as well. They'll have Bernie Breen back Um as well, which is a big boost for them this year. She had a baby last year, so she missed out last, uh, on that final. But I think another interesting thing is going to be Mo Nearney for Leash and Ashing Murphy. They're both going for the golden boot. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they both get on, if it's going to be a shootout between the two of them and how both teams set up to counteract that. So, yeah, I think that's going to be a very interesting battle between uh, both of them. And yeah, I think Wexford, 
forward possibly Pip but maybe just with the form that they've been playing so it'll be interesting to see Wexford for Lindsay Davey in the uh, intermediate game we're going to call the senior match now Neve McLaughlin um, they broke your heart I know Mies did but um, does your head say that me they're going to do it tomorrow against Kerry so I was hoping you'd ask the other two girls first <laughs> um, oh, look I don't know it's it's hard to see past me just with their experience but at the same time I think Kerry have nothing to lose if they can go for it and if they can get ahead then it, it could it could go either way I don't think I can call it a draw <laughs> A draw, yeah, let's go for a draw. Very good. Lindsay Davy, how'd you call the big one? Who won by how many? Yeah, again, look, I think it's going to be a very interesting battle. I think with the form coming into it, um, Kerry have been playing the better football. Mead have been doing enough just to be getting over the line, as champions do. But I think if it comes down to the end, if there are only a few points in it, I think Mead could pull away. But I think even as well with keepers, you know, Mona um, McGurk has been fantastic for them. So look, if she's on form tomorrow and able to keep a few goals out, I think it could be Meads, but with the form that Kerry have been playing coming into this game, and if they're able to get goals and play smart against the defensive setup, um, I think Kerry could do it. Okay, so a draw and Kerry. Of course, Daunton, how do you see it down in Oz, uh, Meads and Kerry tomorrow? Yeah, I, I'm, I probably have to go with Lindsay. I think Meads' experience just might get, get them over the line, but um, I, I, I do worry about a little bit about Meads' form, even though you know they, they've won all their matches. Well, Bear, obviously, the Leinster final drew with Armagh. I worry about their form, potentially of their forwards. Um, but outside of Emma Duggan, I think their forwards that were on form last year, Nevo Sullivan, um, as um, Lindsay pointed out earlier, uh, Stacey Grimes from play has been very quiet. Um, so I do worry if, if um, Kerry in any way can nullify Emma Duggan, which is a lot easier said than done, um, that uh, do they have the, the, the firepower up front or can them players that I mentioned even Vicky Wall to um, a lesser extent, can they get, get into the bit of form that they had last year? If they can nullify Emma Duggan in, in some way, um, and, and Kerry, as, as Neve said, if, I think Kerry, you know, they, they look at it, they haven't been in an All-Ireland final for, for 10 years, they haven't won one since 93. I think if they just go out and attack it and, and you know, um, don't worry about anything and, and go out and try and just, you know, do their best, um, that might be the best course of action. But I just think if it's a tight tint affair, um, I think Kerry's or Mead's experience is just about to get them over the line. I, I don't think there'll be anything much more than a point or two in it. But f- for now, I'd say Mead just just about um, a point or two to win it. Are you down there in Oz at the moment, Cora? I am, surely. Uh, um, uh, coming off a, a, an inter-club this morning with a couple of stitches in my head. So, yeah, feeling a bit sorry for myself tonight. But um, <laughs> no, yeah, down there, all right, certainly training away. Mind yourself, will you be able to wear How will you be able to Is there like a, an Irish... Um you know, tavern or bar that'll show the match tomorrow. Or will you watch it online? I uh, know I'll watch it online. Yeah, I'll watch. Yeah, I'll watch it. In, I'll watch it online here in the house. I think it's on one o'clock. Um, one, one o'clock at night time or um our time. So I know. Yeah, certainly. Like I did last week, watch the the men's final. Um, yeah. No, I love love watching the GA over here. Um, it's not too bad when you're a professional athlete. You can get to sleep in Monday morning, yeah. so I don't have to worry about what time I get up at. Okay, Coruscant, thanks so much for speaking to us from Australia. Uh, Dublin's Lindsay Davy and Donegal's Neil McLaughlin. We really appreciate your time to preview the Ladies All Ireland Football Finals and enjoy the games tomorrow. Thanks, folks. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Phil. Okay, this is Off the Ball Saturday on News Talk. Rangers have beaten Livingston 2 1 in the Scottish Premiership on the opening day. 5 3 106 for your text. That was quite a stark. <laughs> You know, message from Cora Staunton really just about the attractiveness of going to the uh, Australian, uh, you know, football league for women, and um, you know the the, the 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 difference between professional and amateur sport. It was just spelled out pretty clearly by Cora uh, with no agenda, and uh, it is something to reflect upon, I suppose. The Saturday panel on off the ball.